Hello and welcome to the Life Saving Victoria pod channel. Each week, we interview instructors, educators and industry professionals who will give insight into the swimming and water safety industry to provide innovative ideas for developing quality life-saving programs. Each episode will be hosted by one of our Life Saving Victoria experts with a variety of internal and external presenters. We look forward to sharing and learning together to make our communities safer around water. Hi there, everyone. Thanks for listening to episode 12 of the Life Saving Victoria pod channel. This episode is funded by the Victorian Government through the Public Water Safety Initiative. My name is Caitlin, and on today's episode, I'll be interviewing Aaron French, PE teacher at Elstonwick Primary School, who will share some great ideas to include engaging dry swimming and water safety activities in school swimming programs. So if you're a teacher and want to enhance your school swimming and water safety program with engaging school-based activities, then listen in to today's interview. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us in the studio today. Can you start by sharing your experiences with teaching physical education and swimming and water safety? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Caitlin. I've been teaching PE, I suppose, full-time for nearly a year now, so it hasn't been too long. Prior to that, I was teaching uh, part-time for the past sort of six, seven years, but I was actually in a corporate health role prior to that. And then I was fortunate enough to actually be working at Life Saving Victoria in the education team there. So it's a it's a subject that I suppose I hold in high regard and I understand the importance of it. And I really want to make sure that, you know, I do teach that to my, uh, to my students at Elstonwick Primary School. So speaking of Elstonwick Primary School, can you tell us a bit about the swimming and water safety program that your school delivers? Yep. So it's exciting time for me. This is my first year at Elstonwick Primary School. So I'll give you a little bit of a background about Elstonwick Primary School. At the moment, you know, being in term one, the swimming and water safety program at Elstonwick was pre-booked last year. So at the moment we have preps to year fives. They do an intensive two-week or eight or nine days swimming lessons at the local pool. And then the year sixes, they do through the Elwood Lifesaving Club, do an open water learning experience for their year six. They do that at the moment prior to their camp to sort of prepare themselves for the, the camp and the, the water and aquatic activities that they're doing throughout that. Well, last week we spoke with Wayne Schultz about using technology to teach water safety in the classroom. So what other ways can we teach swimming and water safety at school alongside those water-based swimming lessons if we don't have access to technology? Yeah, I know Wayne Shields quite well and he certainly loves his technology and he's good at that. We're not as fortunate to have all the technology and the whiz-bang gadgets. So I was thinking, okay, what do you have or what do PE teachers have in their storeroom that we can utilise that way? It's not about reinventing the wheel, but you do want to bring the outside environment in. So... First of all, how I approached it was doing a little bit of research at Elstonwick, we, we back onto the Elwood Canal. So there's a local waterway that, you know, can pose a bit of a risk and a danger to our students. In addition to that, we are within walking distance to Elwood Beach. So it's first of all researching, you know, what are the local waterways to make it relevant for their students or your students in the local community at Elstonwick. After that, you know, it's actually visiting the waterways. One of the things that I implemented last year and will implement again this year is taking photos of the safety signs um, at the waterways and at the beach and displaying them throughout your classroom environment. One of the things I did last year was 
prior to students entering into the gymnasium or wherever you're holding your um, PE lessons, I had those safety signs, you know, put up in front of them for them to walk in. One of the first questions was when the students come in, did anyone notice the safety sign upon coming in? Generally, if you don't tell them prior to, they're not going to take much notice. But then after every lesson, they take notice of the safety signs, they know how to read it. So just by doing that little unofficial start, it's, you know, teaching them a lot about the local waterways and actually making them read safety signs. One of the things I think with water safety, these signs are there to help us in around the water. We're not always reading it. So that's a free, cost-effective, everyone has a phone these days that can take a photo. So that was a really good way to start a lesson. Other than that, you, you think about other activities that you're doing. So whether it be tag games or other other activities that you know have been around for, for years and years, and how can you retheme that? So rather than having an activity where it might be called builders and bulldozers, you might have a lifesaver or someone who needs to be rescued. So you're retheming your gym and you're using your choice of words carefully that they can relate to a water safety environment. So it's all these little things there about looking what's in your storeroom, how you can be creative in that, but also looking at your basic and um, your basic tag games that have been around for years and just changing the wording around that to fit in with a water safety environment. So that's how I approached it and that's how I've um, continued to deliver it. Yeah, fantastic. So some really great ideas there already. And like you said, it's not about reinventing the wheel. It's thinking about what you have access to and how you can make that into a water safety experience for the students when they're not even in the water. Absolutely. So great ideas. So what are some of the benefits of these dry swimming programs or activities? Yeah, look, I mean, I appreciate that the curriculum that we have to teach now is pretty jam-packed. But when it comes to swimming, you're saving lives. So we want to put it high on the priority of, of everyone. It should be. So the benefits that I've found, generally, if you're not doing outside of hours swimming lessons with you know your families or if you're not a local nipper at your surf club, generally your swimming lessons at your primary school or your school is your only option to actually develop their skills. So by doing and implementing the dry swimming programs throughout your classroom or throughout your PE lessons, it really maximises your time in the pool. So students are going to the pool with a good general knowledge and a good base of what they're going to learn. Yes, they probably haven't been in the water or submerged in water, but they know how to react in water, they know how to be calm. They know, you know, these rescue techniques. So they're familiar with their surroundings before they even go. Um, you know, in relation back to the Victorian Water Safety Certificate, which we aim for all our students at Elstonwick to achieve, so the rope rescue techniques or the reach rescues, you can start ticking them off in your dry lessons prior to getting to the pool. Uh, in addition to that as well, depending on the activities you're doing, if you're using things like scooter boards where you can do some basic kicking and you know bringing in some therabands and, and putting around the ankles for some resistance, you start to get some muscle memory and muscle familiarisation of the students and the activities that they're going to be doing in the pool. Yes, different to being submerged in the water, but, you know, you can teach the basic teaching points of a, of a kick um, or of a freestyle stroke. So, again, these key words that, you know, you can have a chat to your, to your pool or the local aquatic facility you do your lessons at, what are the key words they use in their lessons so you can adapt and change and use the same words in your PE lesson as well. So just giving the, the students a great idea of what's to come and they're familiar and comfortable um, when going to the pool. 
Absolutely. Really great benefits there. So you've touched on a couple of these before, but what sorts of resources would teachers need to be able to implement these dry swimming programs? Yeah, I did touch on it before, Kaylin, and it's it's really, you've got to be creative and think outside the box. So as I said, the first thing I did going to my new school at Elstonwick was saying, okay, let's have a look in the storeroom, let's have a look what we've got and what we can utilise. Again, understanding that, you know, there's not all the money in the world for us to go and buy these fantastic pieces of technology or equipment that costs money. So in my kit that I use for my dry swimming programs, really it is ropes. I use a lot of ropes. I have a lot of cones. If you can get red and yellow cones as well, that's fantastic. We all know red and yellow is the is the flags and we're safe swimming between the flags. Either that or some red and yellow fabric, really cheap, really cost-effective as well. I also look at some scooter boards um, and some TheraBands. So not much in your PE kit. It's um, really cost-effective and generally we've all got cones, we've all got ropes, we can all pop down to, to Spotlight or the local shop and get some red and yellow fabric to represent the red and yellow flags. Scooter boards are generally, again now, um, as part of PMP programs or your PE kit, we generally have some scooter boards also. TheraBands, um, just go down your local physio. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some more examples of activities that could be included in a dry swimming program? Yep, so I've spoken about when students enter my classroom, I had the safety signs set up there. So that's a really, really easy one to include. The throw rescues, depending on the year level of your students, is, I suppose, depending where you start. We could start by just throwing bean bags or little balls into a target. You might have level one, two metres away, level three, four metres away, um, level five, et cetera, et cetera, a bit further away. Once they develop those competencies of the throw, we will look at utilising a rope. Uh, and with that rope, we're talking about recoiling. So you're learning a lot there. You're learning how to recoil a rope. You're you're touching on and working through the fundamental movement school of an underarm throw. So simply by doing that and having a target, that can be simulating a rope rescue. You can then add an addition of a student waving for help on a scooter board, and then you're throwing that rope to someone on a scooter board waving for help. So again, students are learning how to signal for help properly and correctly and then a student throwing the rope, recalling, pulling them to safety, and again, getting their hand on the side of the pool and supporting them there. So that's a really, really easy one, and when taught well, students absolutely love it. In the other ones as well, again, using the scooter boards, students laying on their stomachs, and they can they can practice the freestyle kick or the normal kick that we do. We can practice our freestyle strokes. We can have little relay races on the scooter boards with a kick or a freestyle stroke and pulling themselves through. You could do rip relays, so you could have your cone set up the way a rip would and you can simulate a rip by students running out really fast in between the rip and then coming around and pretending they're a a wave, a crashing wave or, you know, being a bit slower, you know, letting them do that one turn and saying, okay, what does this look like? What, in relation to the beach, what activity or or what what are we trying to simulate here? And and they, they cotton onto it and really good. So some really basic activities there. If you're lucky enough as well to have some high jump mats, again, safety consideration from that, but, you know, doing some entries, doing some side entries. So there's just some really basic and some really easy activities that I implement at the moment um, and have done in the past. Yeah. Yeah, they sound really good. And we've also got some uh, lesson plans available on our toolkit and we will include that link in this episode show notes today. So which year levels do you tend to teach these programs to? Do the types of activities change depending on the year level? Yeah, so I generally like to teach it to the whole school and it can be taught at the whole school just purely by adapting 
a few activities, obviously with the senior school years four, five and six, even years three as well, you're going to have to increase the levels um, or um, the activities that you're doing. So instead of a rope throw being two metres away, you might just increase it to you know, five, six, seven, eight metres away, depending on the abilities of your students. Obviously with the scooter boards as well, scooter boards and little fingers don't mix quite well. So, you know, that could be an activity more so for the senior senior school or senior primary school in years three and above. But generally, we want to teach the fundamental movement skill of throwing and catching from prep from the get-go. There's nothing that says we can't throw a rope and we can't catch a rope. We're all developing the same skills. So it can be taught across any year level. Preps right through to grade six, they all love a tag game. They all like, you know, running around, blowing off some steam. So simply just re-theming those tag games and chopping and changing, you know, the distance or the time that you have with the tag games, you can adapt and modify that to your year levels. So all the activities spoken about, and I'm, and I'm sure on, on your website have been some fantastic activities, can be adapted to, to all year levels. Certainly, and it's so important to, to teach those water safety messages from such a young age as early as possible. Yeah. Yep. So is there a particular time of the school year when you teach these dry swimming lessons? I definitely teach it throughout Water Safety Week, which is generally the first week of December. That's right. Other than that, if the stars align and the year level swimming programs, you know, are in the same term, then it, that would be a fantastic opportunity to introduce your whole school swimming and water safety program. Unfortunately, at Elston Week and previously where I've taught, they, the stars haven't aligned. So I really, really put a lot of effort into the water safety week. And although it's not prior to their swimming lessons, they're getting another quality teaching lesson where they can increase their knowledge in the swimming and water safety area. Certainly, I'll find out when their swimming lessons are. And as I said, just talking to them at the start or at the end or throughout PE um, and asking them questions about the program or do you know what the red and yellow flags are or, you know, what's your local beach? What was the beach conditions down there on the weekend? Or what's your local surf club? And, you know, getting that connection for them prior to going to their swimming lessons is really important. Absolutely. And really taking advantage of any of those little moments, like you said, to, to teach them those, those messages, those yeah. water safety skills as well. So how do these activities connect to the Victorian Water Safety Certificate? So the Victorian Water Safety Certificate, as I said, I do strive and we do aim at Elsinwick Primary School for, for all students, especially in year four, five and six, to attain the Victorian Water Safety Certificate. As I touched on briefly before, if students are only going to the pool throughout school, they're only getting eight to ten days of intensive swimming lessons throughout Elsinwick Primary School. So we really want to maximise... I suppose, their time in the pool to attain the Victorian Water Safety Certificate. Obviously, the ability to swim 50 metres, we can't really do it in gym, gymnasium. We can, however, develop the muscle memory and the technique or some certain certain cue words for students. Another competency of the Victorian Water Safety Certificate in the rescues, you can start getting them really familiar with your throw rescues or using esky lids probably not in a PE environment, but, you know, balls, et cetera, that float as a flotation aid. They can get familiar and really good at recalling a rope, throwing different shaped objects to a person signalling for help. So you can nearly tick them off in your dry environment before getting to the pool. Going through as well and talking about keywords and and teaching them about their local waterways, the questions that are included in the Victorian Water Safety Certificate they will know and understand, oh, yeah, Mr French was talking about that last week. So they'll, they'll have a great or a greater understanding of knowledge if you implement these dry lessons 
prior to, to going to the pool for a better chance of attaining the certificate. Certainly. So how does teaching the dry swimming lessons assist with reporting on student swimming and water safety abilities? Yep, so the, the multiple pools that I've liaised with previously, they do have their own reporting system um, and I have asked for that reporting system to be sent back to me or to the school teachers because it re- is really important that we inform the parents of their abilities. So for me as well as an extra, I suppose, reporting by doing those dry swing programs, I get a good understanding of, yep, if a student uh, is understanding of what I'm delivering as a content in terms of swimming and water safety, and it's just another great tool to use as a reporting and feedback going back to the parents. So, you know, they can work on areas of, I suppose, weakness, and, you know, parents are also aware of their, their strengths, so they might want to pursue um, out of school, it might be swim squad, it might be at the local life-saving club, it might be sailing, it might be something else um, related to an aquatic environment. So I think that's really, really important and something that we, we hold high at Elston Week. So have you utilised any of the resources that are found on our online toolkit? Absolutely. So the new online toolkit that's, um, that you've developed, which is fantastic, well done to you. Um, and everyone at Live Saving Victoria is just fantastic. So the dry swimming lessons, you know, once I've downloaded them, they're just a great tool to use. You can read them. You have your links to the curriculum. They're so easy to read. They're really fantastic and something that I, I certainly encourage all teachers to download and have a look at. The funding information was also really important. It was great to have that information on your website, you know, to really understand and know what it's all about. And if they had any questions, know where to go to ask further of that. I thought as well that the case studies were a really good way of showing other schools what can be done in the world of swimming and water safety for those new ideas. So a lot of the time when you're a PE teacher in a primary school, you're quite isolated in your role because you're you're that sole PE teacher. So to see other examples of what other schools are doing throughout Victoria is just fantastic. And, you know, where I could, I can add some bits from one school and change some bits from another school and make it our own at Elswick Primary School. So they're probably the three main things that I've that I've loved and utilised at the online toolkit, but I haven't had a chance to look through it all because there's so much great information on there, Caitlin. There is. There's lots and lots on there. So it's really great to hear that schools are utilising those resources and finding that information that's available there. So finally, Aaron, what tips would you give to other schools who are developing a dry swimming and water safety program? Yep. So I suppose some, some tips from me. Don't think you have to go and spend a lot of money. Have a look what's in your storeroom and be creative with what you're doing. Think outside the box and and how you can develop this into a swimming and water safety program. Also, don't look at it as though it's daunting. It's not daunting. You know, ring your aquatic centre or ring the local life-saving club or ring you guys at Life Saving Victoria and get some ideas or go on the online toolkit. It is absolutely fantastic. There's some great ideas there. Another big one as well is let the school community and also classroom teachers know Um, what you're doing throughout PE and liaise with the classroom teachers, especially throughout Water Safety Week. So to maximise that week, that first week in December, let's try and get some classroom involvement, some cross-curricular links in there that you can be teaching in PE, the swimming and water safety side of it, but also in the classroom they're doing some swimming and water safety to really maximise that week. As I said, utilise what you've got in your storeroom, be creative, think outside the box and reach out for help. You know, there's Life Saving Victoria, there's your local aquatic centre, there's your local life saving club. Have a chat to the classroom teachers or get the community involved because there's great ideas and great tips out there. It's just about finding them as well.
Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us in the studio today and sharing some really great ideas for developing some great swimming and water safety programs at schools. Thanks, Caitlin. It's been awesome. Thank you for listening to another episode on the Lifesaving Victoria pod channel. For more information about dry swimming programs, as well as great resources and lesson plans, visit our online toolkit at www.lsv.com.au forward slash toolkit or click on the link in this episode's show notes. Thank you to our guest, Aaron French, for joining us in the studio today. That's all for season one of the Life Saving Victoria pod channel. We'd like to thank all our wonderful guests for sharing their great ideas and knowledge about swimming and water safety. We hope you've enjoyed listening and have learned a thing or two about swimming and water safety education, programs, initiatives and the life-saving industry. Join us again next time and make sure to continue sharing and learning together so that we can all ensure our communities stay safe around water.